0: Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I'm your host, Zach Griffith. And today we are talking about the Netflix documentary Untold malice at the palace and i'm joined by two fellow pacers fans devin voss making his second consecutive appearance on circle city cinema and bryce Shaddy. uh zach i'm happy to be
1: back in the cinema how are we beautiful doing, doing well i i feel pain i feel pain already
0: <laughs> i just feel pain <laughs> Listen, it, was, it was a tough sit at times. Really good doc. I mean, what do you guys think? I thought it was an awesome doc. Very, very well done. Yeah, agreed. Awesome doc. It's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Uh, it's been on for a couple of weeks. It's part of a series, uh, like I said, called Untold. Bryce, you said you watched the second one?
1: Yeah, Christy Martin one. Yeah, very good. Very, very interesting. I hadn't heard of Christy Martin. Uh, that was not my era. Um, but I know a lot about her now. and so does everybody else
0: some sad shit from what you told me
1: very 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 disturbing
0: well this this is a great docuseries by all accounts Uh, But before we get into it guys before we get into the rare combination worlds colliding of sports and uh, TV here the no way home trailer premiered uh, today it was leaked a couple days ago and I watched it I absolutely watched it Uh, but now the real one is out Uh, guys, it's, this is safe to say, this is the most anticipated trailer of the whole year. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, I was rock hard watching this trailer. Absolutely (laughs) rock hard. Uh, brought things out of me that haven't been brought out in a long time. (laughs) Guys, I'll start with Devin because Bryce, Bryce, I gave Bryce an earful today about the trailer (laughs) at work. So, uh, Devin. Give us your initial thoughts on the trailer here.
2: Awesome, man. Uh it's it's going to be fun. There's going to be lots of action. Uh big questions surrounding Doctor Strange. Is he is he going to get a block in the backer award or is it even <laughs> Doctor Strange? Is it even him? Uh and yeah, I mean just bringing back all of these uh all of these um antagonists from both uh, previous series of Spider-Man movies. So, uh, it's, it should be, should be set for a good one.
0: How did you feel at the end of the trailer <laughs> when Doc Ock said, hello, Peter, bro, if I have to hear that one more time, I swear my life. <laughs> how did you hear? how did you feel? David?
2: I don't know if I felt better about that or hearing, uh, Willem Dafoe, chuckle as the (laughs) the pumpkin bomb rolled by the cars
0: dude that was awesome that was fucking awesome bryce uh i didn't really get your thoughts on the trailer because i was too busy saying hello peter all day yeah yeah that's all i hear i'm gonna go to sleep and hear
1: whispers in my bedroom as i sleep tonight of hello peter I, I, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll say this. I think this is going to be the film that springboards the, the next phase of the MCU. I know we, we, you know, we haven't even gotten the other two movies before this yet. We haven't gotten Shang-Chi. We haven't gotten the Eternals, which where the heck are the Eternals? What are they doing? Who knows? Who freaking knows? <laughs> but whatever. But I think this is going to further the plot in the MC, MCU universe. And I got a little lock it in here for you, Zach.
0: Shit, go ahead. I got to lock it in. Please.
1: Lock it in that this new Spider-Man movie will outgross the previous two Avengers films.
0: Oh! Lock it in. Yeah, You're going to say this is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time? It'll definitely be up there. Oh, my God. God, that's what I think you're it has to
1: be. I think it has to be because, because, think about this, Zach. Think about this, Zach. You have all the people that believe in the holy trinity uh, of the Raimi trilogy. Okay, their worlds are now colliding against this uh, with the Spider Man that they don't even like, and now they, so have, they have to, to go, go watch it. They have to, they go, have yeah. to. And for all the Garfield stands out there, like myself, I'm already intrigued. I'm a big Garfield guy, I like him more than Garfield McGuire. is good. I thought he was better than Maguire. That's just my personal opinion. I think the worlds are colliding. I think you are going to get a lot of people that go out and see this.
0: Garfield was good. I mean, Devin, what did you think of Garfield? Because I thought he got a bad rap. I thought he was a good Spider-Man, but his the second movie especially was just awful. It wasn't
2: his fault. Good Spider-Man, uh, great portrayal of Spider-Man. Just poor, poor writing. Um, you know, their part. Not nothing's really his fault. He did a great job.
0: Yep. No surprise. Uh, Mark Webb who directed The Amazing Spider-Man 2, has yet to direct a movie since. So that, that, that tells you. Interesting. <laughs> that tells you how that movie went. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Steve Wilkes in the NFL. Went 3-13, and 13, never heard from him again. It's just,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I. He's just gone.
0: <laughs> Bjorkren, Nate Bjorkren, one and done. Uh, nice. But this, this, this is going to be... Here's my locking in, Bryce. Here's my locking in. Okay. This will be... The best Spider Man movie, period. Ever. Of, of, of all time. Ever. Over your Raimi trilogy. Ever. Over Spider Man 2, which I still like a lot. Over Spider Verse. Over Spider Man 1. Over all of them. It's the best. Interesting. Interesting. That's my locking in. And I can't, I can't wait till it comes out. Can't wait till we get the second trailer and see.
1: Dude, you're already thirsting for a second trailer. You can't even enjoy the first one. No, I Jeez, I, want, I want to see Maguire and Garfield in action. No, get over yourself. Why?
0: No, get over it. All right, all right, we'll <sighs> go. Enjoy the process. I will enjoy it. Uh, unlike Sixers fans. Uh, now, let's get into the documentary, Malice at the Palace. Guys, did you know about the malice of the palate because as Pacers fans, you're just raised, our generation in particular was raised like, uh, you know, my grandpa and my dad were always telling me growing up, you know, if we didn't get into a fight, we would have a ring, we'd have a ring, we'd have a, we'd have a championship, and I, I was always like, yeah, all right, yeah. And then after seeing this, uh, I now totally believe them. So, guys, what did you know about the malice before this? And I'll start with Bryce.
1: I knew an extensive part of it because, uh, actually, Zach, if you recall our uh, our group project in uh, Miss uh, Pamela Lasella's oh, sports scandals yeah. class, that oh, I believe yeah. Devin Voss was a part of as well. We did an NBA uh, scandals presentation, in which I have the circumstances
0: to do... of the, of that presentation, Bryce.
1: Uh, well, I, Zach, I don't know if you remember it because you were off two <laughs> bottles of wine the previous night and our uh, uh, Devin Voss's uh, co-host, Ryan Gregory on top, uh, just happened to be on um, uh, foreign substances it happens. Uh, that caused him to be very energetic uh, that next morning. I happen to be the only sober one up there. Besides the point, I happened to do Malice at the Palace, while uh, which we'll circle back to him later. Zachary did Mr. Tim Donaghy in the 2002 series, and we also had a Kobe rape trial in there. Anyways, anyways, I, uh, I, I thoroughly researched Malice at the Palace for this, so I knew quite a bit of it. I knew quite a bit of what goes on, but this this documentary added another layer to that. So I felt well-versed, not a lot of it was shocking to me, uh, just some of the behind-the-scenes, some of the stuff from the player's perspective, because that's that's what they were trying to hammer home in this documentary, right? We want to hear from the players. They were not allowed to speak when, when it happened, and now we're getting their side of the story years later after David Stern is gone.
0: That's exactly what this documentary was trying to do, and it did a hell of a job. It did just that, Bryce. Absolutely. One guy in particular whose voice was heard the loudest, I think. And we'll get to him later. Devin, what did you know about the malice before this documentary?
2: Well, uh, I obviously knew the basics. It was a big fight. I've obviously watched it, you know, five times, maybe more, probably more. Uh, I knew that obviously it had a lot of implications on uh, especially the Pacers because uh, as Zach said, I mean, it's kind of just thought that, like, this Pacers team was likely title-bound had it not happened. Um, and then on top of that, if you ever, you know, if you're ever, like, playing 2K or something, and you scroll and you're like, hey, what's this? Ron Artest averaged, like, 24 points a game one <laughs> season. I mean, it was only seven games. And I was like, what's this about? And then you see it's seven. <laughs> you see it's seven games. You're like, oh, I know that. Why that's, oh,
0: that's I know bad. why it's so low. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the malice is just you know one of the obviously one of the biggest things uh, in NBA history and um, a lot a lot of information that's for sure. There's a lot of information to take it.
0: A lot of information. That's another thing the doc did so well was take all this info, break it down. A lot of new info too that we didn't know. Break it down in a nice way where this doc was like a little over an hour. And HD footage, new HD footage. If you go on YouTube and watch this fight, like I have many times, it's like grainy. It's like the ESPN. I think it was pre-HD. It got
1: that 480p, baby. Yeah, it's just
0: (laughs) awful. Just awful. And they did a great way of just hitting the facts and the new ones that we didn't know. So I'll ask Devin this. I'll keep it with you. What's the biggest thing you know now? That you didn't know before watching this?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think uh I think it's gotta be just the impact it really had on Jermaine O'Neal. Um, you know, he was he was that dude, but uh you you questions like even as a pacer, but even as an NBA fan, you're like Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal like dominated the early two thousands. What happened? Well, I feel like after this, it just kind of broke it and you didn't really hear about Jermaine O'Neal much after this, um, at least in the NBA terms. So I, I, mean, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I learned is just Jermaine. O the way that it had on Jermaine O'Neal. And I didn't know, um, that, uh, run our test I actually ended up just dipping on them. I, I yeah. figured it'd be like a trade or something like that. Cause you know, just the whole situation, but, no, nah, I didn't know, it was just, I mean, it was a trade, but I just, I didn't know it was, a, it was a dip like that. It was kind of crazy.
0: I agree with that. Cause I always thought after this happened, they just traded our test cause they wanted a clean image. Yeah. And it was actually, no, they wanted to keep him, but he asked for a trade. Yeah. So that's why it happened. Bryce, what do you know now that you didn't know before?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, Voss already said it is the part about Jermaine O'Neal. Um, And I I didn't know his rise to where he got with Indiana. I didn't know that part. But then obviously the lasting effects that it had on him as well. So I thought that was a very interesting storyline that you that you kind of had to understand. And I feel like I understand Jermaine O'Neal better now. Right. I just thought he was just part of the group where he really wasn't. He was set apart from that group. He was a different. He was a different breed from those guys. He didn't have the personality and the attitude like Stephen Jackson and Ron Artest did. So I, I thought that was that was very interesting as well. So that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, the thing that I didn't learn was why Jamal Tinsley didn't participate in this documentary and why he yeah, didn't oh come God. up with this excuse why he told Ron to get his foul. Oh That's
0: what I didn't God. see. <laughs> Fucking, that's what I didn't learn. That's who they should have traded, not on our test. Like, <laughs> you know, what, Jamal. Uh, actually, you started this whole thing, so we're gonna we're gonna trade <laughs> to Joe. I would say that's another thing I didn't I didn't know it was that Jamal Tinsley kind of started it. Everybody right. thinks Ben Wallace started it. No, no. Nope. Yeah, that's true. Nope. a uh, lot of people interviewed for this. We talked about Jermaine O'Neal a lot already. Stephen Jackson and uh Ron Artest and Reggie Miller with the other Pacers interviewed. No Pistons players interviewed. Oh, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, yeah, I forgot. Ben Wallace. That was the- um, you know, the biggest participant from the Pistons in the brawl. Yeah. Are you guys cool with that? I was cool with it because the Pacers took the brunt of the punishment here.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe I I might want to hear from from Rasheed because he did jump into the stands as well. I might want to heard from him him, but but nobody else. I know they suspended Chauncey Billups for a game. Um what the hell? Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. But no, I didn't I didn't think it was necessary. I, I was cool with just Ben.
2: Devin, cool
0: with no pistons?
2: <clears throat> Personally, I wanted to see more pistons. I not necessarily huh? because they had any uh you know, I mean obviously this is more of a pacer related thing, but I just wanted to hear what the pistons had to say about the whole situation. Just uh some of the some of the key you know, personnel that was from that team.
1: Oh, you know what, Zach, I I do have one other thing that I did learn from the doc. Oh
0: yeah.
1: I learned that piston fans are are pieces of garbage (laughs) and that they deserve to be in, in in the hell of the NBA that they are in today. I don't feel bad for a single one of them. Enjoy. Wash Blake Griffin. Enjoy, enjoy these trash players that you're drafting. You got Cade. Congratulations. You're going to waste them. Uh, Enjoy it. Just enjoy it.
0: The HD footage really damned them. It really damned the oh, Pistol Sands. because it's so bad. I, that's one thing I had never seen. I knew, you know, in the grainy footage you watch on YouTube, I knew the guy in the blue shirt threw the cup. Never actually saw him throw the cup. And here, yeah. you didn't just see him throw the cup. You saw it in HD. Slow motion, baby. Perfect. Of course, Pacers luck. Some average Joe schmuck. Perfect fucking throw. Just flips it right onto our star player's chest too uh you know of course freaks out and goes after the wrong guy. Um uh, let's talk about the biggest L taken in this documentary. Quite a few. Obviously the Pacers as a whole took an L. The NBA from a PR standpoint took a major L. Uh Bryce, who do you think took the biggest L in Malice at the Palace?
1: Well, I mean other than the obvious ones, I think I think the biggest L has to be John Green, I, John Green, and the other fan that tried to square up Ron Artest. I mean, I, I mean, John Green, that TV interview that he did, dude.
0: Oh my god.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I was happy he ran past me, actually, and then sucker punches Ron Artest and gets charged with assault and battery. Beautiful, beautiful. I wish he I'd stuck
0: my foot through. out.
1: Yeah, and and then and then you know he doesn't want to be the center of attention, even though he draws attention to himself in the stands, and then Six's dog on reporters. You're kidding me, right? I so hope he got
0: I, fucked by the legal system. I I really do. I I hope that dude had to pay a hefty hey. fine and had to like sell his house or something to pay it because fuck him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think he did not come out of this looking as good as he as he thought he did on that TV interview he did years back. That was embarrassing. <laughs> and, and the guy that got that got by Jermaine oh. O'Neal. I wish he didn't slip.
0: I wish Jermaine O'Neal didn't I slip. be in a coma right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be able to talk on this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, dude. That, that, those, are, those are my biggest L's for those. Are, are, are the Pistons fans,
0: the specific Pistons fans there. What did he say, Bryce? What did the Pistons fans say about Jermaine O'Neal's punch?
1: He said it was a bitch move. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, dude, you're kidding me, right? He He literally literally, came onto the court and squared up with Ron Artest. Ron Artest, he's lucky Ron Artest didn't kill him. And then he's lucky
0: Jermaine O'Neal slipped and didn't kill him. Yeah. Period. Reggie Miller said in the doc, he's the greatest miss of Jermaine's career.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good (laughs) quote.
1: Also, biggest L, second biggest L, just a a sleeper pick. The cops who don't
0: know who Reggie Miller is. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell? You work security at the Palace... You don't know who Reggie Miller is.
1: <laughs> They're like, oh, "Oh, oh, we knew who Re- we were gonna, we weren't gonna pepper spray." We, we, we. no, just stop. shut up, <laughs> stop just it. shut up, stop. You need to know who Reggie Miller is. Stop <laughs> it, it's
0: embarrassing. Devin, biggest L handed out during the documentary.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with the more of an unorthodox answer and say uh, dictator Stern. Um, I like it. I like for that. not having his own players backs and i i'm not saying that they didn't deserve punishment because they clearly did uh but to to basically damn them and just like not really even stick up for them whatsoever uh i mean you could argue the city of detroit sticked up for them more than the fucking nba did uh you really could could. um I just think it was kind of a disappointment for the league and the fact that, like, it pretty much just turns everything upside down and the league wasn't really there for them.
0: No, they weren't. And it makes you wonder, like, if Adam Silver was the commissioner during that time, would we run our test event suspended the whole season? There's a possibility
1: no because i, th- I think silver and uh you know i'm sick of the narratives that david stern and adam silver are good commissioners it, it's it's a terrible narrative and i wow. hate every bit of it and i think silver would have done it absolutely wow wow
0: yeah why why do you think that i think
1: silver's soft
0: i think soft. It's soft.
1: I, oh yeah look yeah. what he did to sterling okay yeah okay all right what do you do about china Nothing. You know why? Yeah. Money.
0: That's fair. Money. Yeah.
1: Suspended Draymond Green affected the outcome of an NBA finals. Oh,
0: Shut up. Shut up. That no. Okay. No, okay. that's not. It's fine. Silver You know it's true. No. You know no. it's true. Draymond's you know it's true, fault. Griffith. It's Draymond's fault. Don't punch No, it's a dude not. In the balls. You know it's true. You know, it's true. don't true. punch a dude in the balls. Sugar nobody. Daddy Silver. That's why we
1: call him sugar daddy silver. We already know. We already know.
0: No, don't <laughs> punch a dude in the balls. You won't get suspended during the finals. How about that? Okay. How about that? Okay. How about have a high AQ, please? Okay. 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 My biggest L uh, it goes to the NBA as well. The NBA, you know, at the time, I'm sure it didn't seem like it, but in hindsight, they overreacted. Um, they didn't look at all the facts. Clearly, the justice system did more, which is ironic. The justice system did more to look at the facts. Yeah, than, than the NBA.
2: <laughs> yeah, Detroit justice system.
0: Yeah, Detroit justice system. Oh, to on top of it, look. I mean, you you suspend Reggie Miller. Well, for God knows why. Why why did he get suspended? <laughs> he suspended Chauncey Billups, who I couldn't even find in in the video that they showed. Oh. I couldn't, it wasn't even to be seen. Uh, he clearly didn't research what happened enough. You just went off the grainy ESPN footage and suspended. Now, did Ron Artest and Steven Jackson deserve hefty penalties? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. But, you know, also there's no security... There I mean this fight was physically started by a Pistons player, not mentally. It was started by Jamal Tinsley, but <laughs> anyway. I was also cool with no pistons. Um just because it wasn't really a Pacers Pistons fight. It was a Pacers Pistons fans fight. And my other biggest L is the Pistons fans, because you could see in the YouTube footage that they were throwing shit and yelling stuff, but this this one made it worse because these guys are trying to get out of the arena safe. They don't know what people are throwing, and people are just hurling whatever they can. I think I saw a chair. A get chair. Where, where do you get a chair?
2: <laughs> he pulled it out of the out of the ground, out of the out of the stadium. Yeah. So bad.
0: So bad. It's like a it's like I imagine it's what the Coliseum was like back in Roman times where you just throw shit if you do not yeah. like you don't like the outcome. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. And I thought it was interesting Rick Carlisle wasn't interviewed, considering he's back with the team now. And I just yeah. wonder like how does he feel about it? Because you remember Bryce, when we were we watched his introductory press conference, he mentioned the brawl. He did. He did. He said there was some unfinished business.
1: He did. And and you know what? We have this opportunity and it's kind of like redemption. We have him back. I'm excited. I I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun having him back.
0: It's a nice little little element to it. Donnie Walsh was also interviewed who's running the team at this time. Uh, Great GM, Donnie Walsh. Great GM. Um, another biggest L you could say is Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. This was his last a sad season. Sad L. L. It's a sad L. It's a sad. Yeah. It's a very sad L. It was his last season. You know, Doc basically confirmed that we would have won the title if this doesn't happen or if nobody gets hurt rest of the season. So, uh, would have been a nice way to go out instead of the second round against this same Pistons team. Would have been very nice <laughs> to go out that way, but brutal. Let's move on to biggest W. I have a runaway winner, but I'd like to hear Devin's first.
2: Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh. I would say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's already written on the notes. I I got it. Jermaine O'Neal. Um, it had so many implications to uh, to him. I mean, obviously, I feel like he was pretty much the key point of the documentary. He was the one who talked the most. Yeah, he was, the one who was. Seemed like got the one that got the most screen time. But, um, I mean, biggest W is with him as far as like extending what he was, and it makes you feel like it, this is seriously a damn shame. This man's jersey is not retired in our rafters.
0: Yeah, it is. It it's, is.
2: It's a shame. Yeah, it's uh, a shame.
0: Malcolm Brogdon's wearing it right now. It's yeah. an absolute shame.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Um, joke. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had a drive. I mean, uh, coming in with the, with the Blazers didn't really get much playing time. Uh, took a bet on himself, got traded to the Pacers uh, and he grew into a superstar, uh, a winning one at that. And uh, I feel like it was, it was definitely fun um, to see the, I guess, Ascendance of Jermaine O'Neal.
0: Jermaine O'Neal, if you guys didn't know this, which I'm sure you did, has the most All-Star appearances in Pacers history. Wow! Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal, not Reggie Miller, not wow. anybody else. Jermaine O'Neal. That's Bryce. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Bryce, biggest W of the doc. Uh,
1: I think I think it's uh the player the player empowerment movement is the biggest W for me. Um, I mean, because we're, we're looking at this, okay, and we see the movement in, uh, in, in the league now, right, with the players dictating where they play, what happens, and things like this. Back in the early 2000s, there was none of that. And we never got to hear from the players' side when, when this went down. Okay. And now they have a platform, albeit a very large pr- platform. We're talking about Netflix. Right. Okay. Everyone has Netflix. Right. And now we get to hear their side of the story. And it's very convincing. Like you don't sit there and be like, nah, dude, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. No, no, you do. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. We get the film. We remaster the film. It's in HD now. We see frame by frame what happens and we get the explanations. Right. I think Jermaine O'Neal, everyone has a different view on Jermaine O'Neal. Now, I, I oh, yeah. don't know how much has changed on Ron Artis and Steven Jackson. They still seem off the wall a little bit, my opinion. But I, I think the biggest W is, is the player empowerment movement here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's that's a big W. I'm going to go with Devin and say Jermaine O'Neal just because I didn't realize his will to win was that that big. I I had no idea. I didn't know he asked for his locker to be next to Reggie Miller when he got traded here. I didn't know he thought that highly of Reggie Miller, to be honest. Uh, I have in the notes, was his career stunted by this event? Absolutely. It absolutely fucking was. It absolutely was. He was still good after, but the team wasn't as great. Uh, yeah, obviously, Reggie retires. Steven and Ron get traded. Uh, they kind of clean house, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a damn shame. And you're right, Devin. His his numbers probably should be retired. Like, what what are we doing? I I don't know. What are we doing?
2: I, another thing that it, it taught me about Jermaine is like I didn't know he was that dynamic of a player. Um, yeah, I feel like in many ways he could have, he could have fit in in the modern FBA. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Just with his speed, athleticism, uh, shooting ability. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he obviously had a post game. This is the early 2000s where that's like the biggest thing on the block. But, uh, I, I didn't realize, I just figure, you know, early 2000s center, who's scoring a bunch of points. He's just getting it off the block. No, nah, I mean, he's, he's a dynamic guy.
0: He's absolutely dynamic. And he had two dynamic players with him in our tests. Our tests, everybody knows him as this crazy motherfucker, and he is that. But like you said, Devin, he was averaging 25 points. He was (laughs) the best defender in the NBA. He won Defensive Player of the Year the year before this. (laughs) Like, all NBA. Like, this guy was elite on both sides. And they even said a line in the dock. Like, Ron was like, if I didn't lock him down on the perimeter, Jermaine would send it back at the rim. Like, it was just like, the way defense was played back then, I'm really attracted to that. I just, it, I kind of miss that. And, you know, Pacers and Pistons were always in low-scoring games. Uh, this game was an anomaly. Pacers fucking blew him out, but... Uh, biggest W for me is Jermaine O'Neal. Just because I think uh, any Pacers fans that might have turned on him when that happened, I think they're back. I think they, like, forgave him forgave the whole team, quite frankly, because, you know, their championship window wasn't massive and it fucking closed after this, but, it was there. It was there and they had a chance. That was a good team. What a time to be an indie sports fan back then. You had the, uh, the Colts, Young Manning dominating and you had this. Title contending Pacers. It must have been awesome. Must have been absolutely awesome. Uh, Whose interview hit you the hardest besides Jermaine? Since I feel like we've hit on Jermaine a lot, whose interview hit you the hardest, Bryce?
1: I think for me, it was probably Reggie's because he's explaining. I mean, you can tell there's pain in his voice. Like, you know, that, that, you know, we had the team built, you know, we were going to, we were going to challenge for the title and that was going to be my last ride. And, you know, he went out. He still went out like a champ. He didn't quit on the season, right? He just didn't throw in the towel. He was respectable. He will forever be beloved as the greatest pacer of all time for now. There should be a statue built outside. I know he has the, the mural downtown, but there should be a statue of Reggie Miller outside. Absolutely. Reggie Miller hit me the hardest because you just feel for the guy. You're just like, dang, bro. Like, You're like, man, are you? are we sure he can't go out there and play like one more season? You right. know, like just, just right. go to get us on. Which, by the way, today is his birthday, and he is fifty six years old today. Wow, fifty six.
0: Wow. Yeah, you bring happy up. Happy birthday, he, Reggie. Yes, happy birthday to the goat, the Pacers' goat. You brought up, could he have played another season? The question is, absolutely. Here is what he was doing the rest of that year. He played sixty six games, uh, thirty two minutes a game, fifteen points, fifteen points. <laughs> Yeah. In his 18th season.
1: <laughs> there there was a rumor back in uh that he was going to come back to to play for the Pistons uh, At 07. The Celtics too, right? Maybe, I think so.
0: Um I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. That would have been that would have sucked. That would have sucked. But yeah, he absolutely could have averaging 18 or uh 15 points in your 18th season. That's uh pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, Devin, whose interview hit you the hardest?
2: Uh, I'm going to elect for Ron Artest. Um, ah. I feel like he's one person uh, who really, truly felt regret about the situation. Um, you can tell a, a big difference between uh, Ron Test now and whatever he was going through then. Um, I feel like he's able to Properly reflect on things. Um, obviously, it, it lets you kind of into the mind of him throughout this throughout the series, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing. But um, yeah, I mean, when he was, I, I didn't know he said that in the when he won the title, at the Lakers. Uh, me neither. I had no idea he actually admitted to you know how much of a bad move that was for them. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think run our tests just because um kind of similar to Reggie, I feel like in his own way you could kind of hear the pain that came there. Um I feel like he was filled with with regret the decision to go.
0: Yeah, it's I don't think he regrets like going after that dude. No, no. Uh, I think he regrets like Like bailing on us. What it costs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, he obviously regrets bailing on us, especially when you look at Ron Artest is the only one to get a title out of the deal. Well, I mean, Steven Jackson already had one, right? Right.
2: But
1: Ron Artest goes on with the Lakers. He hits the big shot, in fact. Yeah. Right. And, and gets a title, you know? So I, I think he, I think he almost regrets that as well.
0: Took a lesser role to do it too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, think about those those Sacramento and Houston days for Ron Artest before you know, and then yeah. to the Lakers.
0: Yeah, like if we would have won the title, he probably would have been the best player on the team. Him or Jermaine. Absolutely,
1: Eno. absolutely. And, and the thing is, is like it, it was even more amazing for Ron Artest because he had even went like Rodman mode, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and asked for time off. Yeah, and he that's was what I still felt. bowling out, bowling absolutely out, absolutely was with a broken mental state. It, from from what I deducted from from what he said yeah. in his interview, was still bawling out MVP candidate in the first seven games. Again, I get it. First seven games, anybody can do it for seven games. Sure. All right, gotcha, understood. But bawling out. So I mean, who would? Who knows? Who knows what would have happened?
0: Yeah, for me, it was also Reggie, um, for all the reasons Bryce said. Uh, For the opposite reasons, the Pistons fan who tried to fight Jermaine O'Neal. I don't think I've seen five dumber people in my life than that son of a bitch. they just calling it a bitch move for a dude defending himself. And number one, you deserved it because you're basically coming into this guy's office and saying, yo, what's up? Come at me. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you on the
1: court? Why are you on the court anyways? How'd you get to
0: Go you fuck? You fuck. Just you're you're an asshole. I I wish he wouldn't have slipped. I wish he wouldn't have slipped. I wish uh I wish a lot of things I can't say on her. But uh let's talk about where this ranks among like documentaries, docuseries. Um I listed a few here. I don't know if you guys have seen all these, but these are like some notable ones from recent years. We had Tiger King. <laughs> which you know, all the memes aside was a very good documentary. It was it was very, a very good doc. Good.
1: It, it was excellent. And the shock and awe that you get from each episode. Yeah. I I think it's unmatched.
0: You're like, Oh, that was that was pretty shocking. And then the next thing happens and you're like, Well, oh, <laughs> where does this end? Like, <laughs> you're kidding me. Then you got free solo, which I don't know if you guys saw that. I think that one the Oscar. It was excellent. The Last Dance, of course. Um, Tiger, which the the Tiger Woods documentary. Okay, here.
1: yeah, very good, very good.
0: And then uh, the Bundy tapes, which came out a couple of years ago, but still very good. <laughs> so a wide range of documentaries here. Yeah. Where would you put that. Where would you put uh, Untold in there?
1: I think for me, I think it's it. It's probably middle of the pack. And that might be biased because I mean it's something that I'm very interested in. Most people wouldn't be unless you were. And nobody's seriously emotionally invested unless you were a a Pacers fan like I like I am, right? And that that still hurts for a franchise. I mean it's definitely a fun documentary to watch. Um, and then based off my interest, that's probably middle of the pack. Look, Tiger King takes the cake, man. Period. I agree. Period. Tiger was excellent. It was very – it was thorough. It was very well done. We we have the victories and the triumphs, and we have the lowest of lows with Tiger, which I think is very interesting. And with Untold, we only have an hour, okay? With these other documentaries that you mentioned, Zach, it's multiple parts, all right? And, and there, there's way more to talk about there. I'm right. sure there's more to talk about at Malice, but, you know, Last Dance was 10 parts. I mean right. – last dance is one of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. So I think it's middle of the pack for me.
0: Devin, where'd you have it?
2: Yeah, I would have it on the lower end, just, just for every single reason. Uh, Bryce just said, um, with the other ones, you just get more, uh, a lot of dynamic stories. This was just kind of, uh, I mean, it was an hour, of course, uh, you're going to generate interest just a in general, uh, but more so from Pacers and Pistons fans. Um, and it was it was well done. It was extremely well done uh for what it was. But yeah, with with the whole, you know, Tiger King being a literal docuseries, like you get tons of fun episodes. Um Last Dance, the greatest the greatest uh, sports documentary of all time, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, you get so much. Uh and this it's just, it's all of it packed into one. Like a, I mean, yeah, like what a do, normal documentary is. These are all giant projects. This was just one little documentary. And uh, it was good. It was definitely good.
0: Let me ask you guys this since this is like the second Pacers documentary, we had Winning Time and then we had this. Which do you prefer?
1: I mean, Winning Time, the 30 for 30 series.
0: How many times have you guys seen that? I've seen it like 12 I, times.
1: I've watched it once and I thought it was I give me give me winning time because that get that's a more positive note in the Pacers franchise history. It covers one of the greatest moments in playoff history. I don't care what you say. Eight points in nine seconds. It absolutely is. You never see that again. And miss me with with Reggie fouling people. To get the ball back, miss shut me, up. Just shut okay? Up. It's '90s NBA, miss me, okay? He scored eight points in nine seconds. Knicks just fans can suck it, <laughs> absolutely suck it. Shut up. Yes, give me winning time over untold. Devin,
2: yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, give give me winning time. Uh, I've seen that just so. I've seen it so many times. I don't own it. I'm not sure why I don't own it. Uh, I'd love to own it. But uh, in terms of these other docu-series and documentaries, I would have it below Tiger King, Last Dance, and The Bundy Tapes. I'd have it below all those. I'd have it, like, right in the middle, like Bryce said. Middle of the pack. Um, now we, we have to talk about this. This yeah. is, this is uh, you know, a very sensitive topic for somebody like myself. Uh, for some fucking reason, Tim Donaghy was in this documentary uh, because of course he was refing this game which uh, I don't find to be a coincidence at all NBA yeah that's that's my that's my take Tim Donaghy as soon as I saw his face I texted Bryce and I was like you will not fucking believe this <laughs> I saw his face and they didn't say who it was they you know how they put their name up when they show up on the screen Yeah, they didn't say who it was but I knew right away when I saw that face I was like you gotta be shitting me <laughs> Gotta be shit. The only thing that could have made this sadder was if he was in it, and he, and he, of course, he's in it. I just it brings me to this question: What's a more embarrassing moment for the NBA—the Donaghy scandal or the malice?
1: Well, if you if you don't talk to an NBA fan, right, they're gonna say the malice. What uh, you said? What was worse?
0: Yeah, more embarrassing for the league.
1: I think they're gonna say Donaghy. Or they could say Malice, but I, I think they're going to say Donaghy because they're going to be like, well, David Stern handed out the punishments that they deserve. Okay, you don't have all the facts. Okay, and that just shows me that you're uneducated about the, the topic. Okay, we're talking about a guy in Tim Donaghy that went to
0: freaking prison. Right. Prison. Degenerate gambler.
1: Not o- and, and, and not only that, he rigged an NBA playoff series. The Kings— the Kings could have been NBA champions. Chris Webber could have a ring.
0: He could have a ring stolen by Tim Donaghy.
1: But no, we have to have Kobe and Shaq because they had to keep the team together because it was good for basketball.
0: <laughs> Devin, more embarrassing scandal?
2: I think I'll go with Donaghy because it's more of a long, drawn-out uh, type of thing. Uh, but... It's a it's a tough go because, I mean, especially with the way that the uh, documentary broke down the malice and stuff, and like what people, even even uh, outlets, media outlets were saying about the players and stuff. It's like wow, right? It's almost it's almost unbelievable. I'm like these people are really saying this, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Donahue just because of the the actual results it had uh, within NBA history, plus just the fact that um, it was longer drawn out. I'm
0: going to go with Donaghy too, because not because you have to, <laughs> uh, because I have to, and because I th- I actually think it's more embarrassing. It proved that games were fixed. It proved that games were fixed. The NBA denied it, but you know whether you want to believe him or not. I actually believe him when he said the games are fixed. because if you What does he have in, to
2: lose? He already right, he's already
0: job. going to jail. <laughs> he's already going to jail, and he's already it owes money to whoever and their mother. So, you know, it just it proved games were fixed. It was a horrible... The league did a phenomenal job of sweeping it under the rug. Nobody talks about it now. Nobody talks about it now. We,
1: just, we will never let it die.
0: No, we won't, because it happened. A team was fucked out of a ring. I wrote a blog post about it like three summers ago. Uh, if you go back and watch the YouTube footage, it is egregious how rigged that game was. Um, who knows how many other games he rigged? That was just like the highest profile game that was rigged. Said he was doing it uh, under the instructions of David Stern. So and you can just assume the way he Stern- took the fall. And he took the fall. He took the fall, and they just called him a degenerate gambler to discredit him, and that was it. So, is he a piece of shit? Absolutely, absolutely. But I don't think so he was David's lying. David Stern. I don't think he was lying. Uh, and guys, our actually, uh, the quote of the doc. What do you think the quote of the doc was? And mine was Stephen Jackson saying, "We ride together, man." Uh, as, he, as he's being dragged to the locker room. <laughs> uh, Devin quote quote of the doc?
2: Ah, uh, that's hard, man. That's hard. There's so much stuff. Uh, that was that was a great quote. Um I don't know. I'll I'll have to go with that just because there's too much for me to even try to recall. Bryce? <laughs> <clears throat> mine is.
1: Are we gonna get in trouble for this? <laughs> 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 Ron, you tell me, you tell me, Ron, (laughs) Ronald, Ronald. I don't, I don't know that we're going to have jobs after this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ronald, Ronald. I mean,
1: that's, that's the, the tale as old as time from that. You know, we've heard that before, but every time, every time. And and I loved Ron's or World pieces explanation of that. Right. He's like, I just wanted assurance that we just did what we just did. You know, it was like, I, it doesn't make it right, but do, yeah, you're going to get in trouble for that. that and happened, Jermaine right? O'Neal's, I'm telling you, the cut scene, okay, go if, I don't know if, if you went back and watched it or not, but go look up right around that part, okay? <laughs> Jermaine's they cut face. to Jermaine's face and it's just like, <laughs> I mean, it is perfect, man. Great, great editing, great editing. Some of the best editing right there, man. You got, you got good stuff out of it.
0: <laughs> uh, and finally guys. You know, probably the saddest moment in Pacers history is this the most tragic moment is this this moment right here, the brawl. Since then, since we've been watching the Pacers religiously, all three of us. What is your saddest moment as a Pacers fan? Hmm. I'll start well- with Bryce.
1: Zach, I mean, we can choose a lot here. Uh, Hibbert not being in the game against the Heat. Oh,
2: fuck.
1: Uh, We could have the blown 25-point lead against Cleveland. We could have Monte Ellis's contract. We could have Tyreek (laughs) Evans' contract. Uh, We could have Paul George requesting a trade. LeBron shot over Um, that. Yeah, we could have that. But here's mine. I stood in line at a finish line. Castleton Square mall for three hours to see playoff P and I asked him like a schmuck if he would stay in Indiana and play for us and you know what the response I got gentlemen we'll say? see <laughs> Not more than a couple months later, he was gone out of my life. <laughs> that gentleman is the saddest Pacers history or history moment for me.
0: Deeply personal.
1: Oh, it is. He cut me deep, man. Cut me deep. Devin. So glad I didn't buy his shoes that day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. See, I, I mean, while, um, uh, while the Paul George trade was obviously pretty demoralizing, uh, in retrospect, I actually kind of, even at the time, I was like, okay, I, I, it wasn't, it didn't look like the best trade, but I felt like it wasn't going to turn out bad, and it didn't. So I'm going to go with uh, more of a relevant thing, uh, at least in my time watching the Pacers, um, because I became a bigger Pacer fan when I moved here. Uh so I will go with just the sadness and grief I felt when LeBron hit a game winning three point oh, shot God. over Thad Young and just murdered my soul. Because if they if he doesn't freaking hit that shot, man, mm-hmm. pacers are advancing to the second round. I don't care if they don't make the finals, it's just the fact that we would have eliminated LeBron. Uh that would have been just amazing and that it didn't happen.
0: The only time I've ever dropped the F bomb in front of my mother was when that shot went in. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It was awful because the worst, the thing about that moment that nobody talks about is we had a timeout. We had a fucking timeout. Yep. And we didn't use it. And it, we were goaltended not even 20 seconds beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, you know, you can't review it in the last two minutes, which is just bullshit. Thank you, Silver. Thank you a lot. Where's Dottie? Yeah, where, where's Donaghy? <laughs> Smells like Donaghy. Where is he? <laughs> Mine is pretty simple. Other than that, um, probably a Paul George breaking his leg. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have cried that night. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Because I remember getting the Bleacher Report notification. I was like watching a movie on the couch and Same. House. And I was like. Ah, it, it's fine. It's not that bad. All it said was, like, Paul George suffers leg injury. And I was like, ah, he's, you know, sprained ankle or something, whatever. I see the video.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, with his leg wrapped around the stanchion?
0: Yeah. And I'm just like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Miles just became our best player. <laughs> uh... Oh, God. So that was probably it. Just because we just gone into the... East finals, the second year in a row, and we lost Lance, but I still thought we were going to be pretty good. And then, fuck me. We, we got we got fucked. Yep. Uh, well, guys, it's time to plug. This was a great episode, I thought. Really good. Really good breakdown of the doc. Uh, some sad moments, of course, because we're Pacers fans, and that's just what happens. Not this season, though. This season, we're going to be good. Yeah, we are. Season, we're winning 50 games. 50 and 32, Devin. that's I'm locking that in. 50 and
2: 32. Ricky! Ricky
0: Carlisle. Devin, it's time to plug top.
2: Yeah. uh, Next up on our list is uh, two things, really. It's uh, week zero is this week. So we got our first NCAA football action going on. Uh, So we'll be... uh, we'll be hitting the pod to be uh taking a look over that plus we still have one more preview pod to get out there and that's the acc and conference usa so uh that'll be our final preview uh pod and uh that's that's what we got going excellent
0: excellent bryce
1: yeah, so uh, myself and uh, and our boy, Caleb Lynn, we've been putting out some Lynn Sandys. We've been doing NFL preview pods. Zach has actually been on our last two. Uh, we've done uh, AFC and NFC West. And then uh, we did, uh, what What did we do? We did AFC and NFC East as nice. well. Very nice. um, and then Devin Voss is coming on next uh, week. Yep for the AFC and NFC North to wrap Finish up it our off. preview pods. Yeah, so we're very excited about that. Also, Devin, congratulations on your job. I want to say that publicly. Yes. Martinsville got a, got a good one. And I'm um, happy to join you in the ranks of sports clerking. Uh,
0: for the <laughs> store, man.
2: Great times. Yeah, thank you. Have you
0: started, Devin? Have you started the new job yet?
2: No, it starts on Monday. Ah!
0: Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. Yep.
0: Well... They got a good one. Devin Voss. He's he's joined the ranks. Well, gentlemen, thanks again for coming on. It was always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Zach. I miss Sama. Always fun. And as always, folks, thank you very much.